Welcome into the Redbird Report. We do this every Monday night on 101 ESPN. I'm your host, Dan McLaughlin. Jam-packed show for you. Later in the program, we'll visit with Bill DeWitt, the Cardinals owner. He was a guest on opening day last Friday as we had the chance to open up the show from the Budweiser Brew House and visit with the Cardinals chairman on opening day. Coming up later in the show, Randy and Michelle, as news was breaking this morning, had the chance to visit with the Hall of Famer and the broadcaster on Fox Sports, John Smoltz. I have my weekly conversation with Brad Thompson. All that is covered. Coming up, we'll visit with Brad Thompson of 101 ESPN. He also had the coverage of the games on Fox Sports Midwest this weekend. That is next on 101 ESPN and the Redbird Report. On Mondays, we visit with Brad Thompson. He was my broadcast partner this weekend on Fox Sports Midwest. And Brad, always great to visit with you. How are things going? It's going great, man. We, we got an entire weekend of baseball in, my man. And I know that the world is crazy. I know all the news today hasn't been fantastic. But just looking back over the weekend, man, it was just fun being in the booth with you again. Orioles, Marlins, Yankees, Phillies postponed because of the coronavirus. What was your initial reaction to hearing that news? Well, a disappointment. I mean, it's one of those things where you and I were talking about it yesterday as this news was trickling out about the Marlins, and we were just speculating, you know, what we thought was going to happen and how uh, Major League Baseball would approach this. And, look, it's disappointing. Uh, it's scary. It certainly, I mean, it goes past uh, just the players that are involved. You've got to think about all of the tracing points that these players have been through, all, all of the people that they've been around. Uh, so it's going to be one of those stories that we just got to keep following, keep an eye on. I, I do think that from a Yankees Philly standpoint, look, it kind of makes sense to postpone that. You have a, a team that you had 14 guys that were infected and were in that clubhouse. You want to make sure that thing's totally scrubbed. You have a clubhouse staff of the Phillies that they need to be quarantined now as well. So that part of it makes a lot of sense, but. Look, I, I think that we all knew that at some point during this season, Dan, that stuff like this was going to pop up, that you were going to have teams that were infected. Now, I don't know if we expected it to be 14 you know, members of uh, the, the staff, uh, players and coaches included, this quickly, but we all knew it was going to happen. And I think that now for Major League Baseball, the biggest keys are, first of all, how do you handle it here going forward? And then tracing, looking back, you got to find out exactly how this happened because you got to you have to know if your protocols are working or if they're not, or if you have players stepping out that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Like the, the reason that you got to this point, it really does matter. Absolutely, and, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. How did this happen? And tracing it back, and if you can figure that out, kind of like what, where we were in the very beginning of July when, when guys first got to summer camp, um, there were some tests that, that were positive, and then it went down. And so now you've hit the traveling portion of this, and we knew there was going to be some bumps in the road, and maybe there's going to be bumps in the road in the future, but let's learn from it. I don't know if shutting it down is the right thing to do. I, I, I don't know what the right answer is, Brad. I, I'm just, I'm kind of not at a loss for words, but I'm just trying to figure it out as we go along. Well, that, well that's the, the difficult part is you don't want to be callous and just say, oh, well, well, Marlon sucks to be you. Life goes on. 
and, and then let everybody else play. Uh, I know that there's a competitive balance thing there. I think it's very easy to just look at the Marlins on the surface and just say, ah, they weren't going to be a, a playoff team. Who the hell knows in 60 games with 16-team playoffs, who's going to be uh, who's going to be a playoff team? But the biggest thing is, is, again, learning from this and figuring out how we stop it. I agree that shutting things down, like right now, I feel like that's a big leap. But if you look at the Marlins right now, and you and I were having a conversation yesterday in the booth off air of how you utilize a 60-man roster. And currently the way that it's set up, you still have your 40-man roster where players have to be on it to be a part of the big leagues. Dude, I I could absolutely see them coming to some sort of an agreement now where they just blow up the 40-man roster in general and just say, hey, if you've got bodies that test negative and can play, then they're going to play. We'll give you service time. We'll give you money. But then next year, if we have a quote-unquote regular season, then we start start your clock over again. You're not on the 40-man roster if you weren't on it before. I just feel like there are different ways to get more bodies involved at this point, Dan. In terms of the baseball on the field for the Cardinals, Brad Thompson, what stood out for you this weekend? Man, well, I love what I saw offensively the first two games. Ran into uh, some issues yesterday. I don't know if the Cardinals ran into the old, we haven't seen this pitcher before, but Mitch Keller uh, did a decent job of just kind of navigating around the lineup. He wasn't dominant yesterday, uh, but he did a good job of just keeping them off balance. And I was impressed by some of the arms the Pirates rolled out of the pen yesterday. But look, the first two days, uh, the, the Pauls in the middle of the lineup, were good to me. Uh, I mean, they were really good. And that's the three, four punch that the Cardinals have really needed. I thought the bottom of the order did a really good job of getting on base, making things happen, and even showing off a little bit of power. O'Neill hit the hanging breaking ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, Dexter Fowler turn on an inside fastball, drive one out. Harrison Bader scores some runs, uh, got hit a couple of times, and Lane Thomas got an opportunity. I think offensively, Outside of yesterday's game, and I'm sure that uh, during all of the shows today, we'll use the term small sample size. I'll set the over-under at 25, and I'll take the over. Small <laughs> sample size, though, Dan. Of course. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I like what I saw out of the offense, and the pitching did what I expected the pitching to do. In terms of, we had a question about this, but in terms of KK, are you concerned at all about what you saw on Friday and we had somebody ask are are, are the Cardinals doing him a disservice by moving him as uh, from a starter to a reliever I my opinion was look he got beat out you know Carlos is better used as a starter with his stuff and we'll see how it plays out this year Um, but he's got to learn how to get ready two out of three which was the case the other day did not look sharp what do you what do you think about how he's being used at this point well, I think that there's a term that we use in baseball quite a bit when things don't go your way as far as maybe it's a roll or whatever it is. That term is hang with them. That's all you, that's all you can do. If you're KK, you hang with them. It is what it is. You, you came in, you wanted to be a starter. That opportunity, you, you threw the ball really well, but there were different fits. Uh, I don't think that his fit at the back end of the bullpen is necessarily ideal for his skill set due to the fact that he's used to having multiple days off in between. But I'm not going to react after one outing, because I saw how nasty he looked two outings ago, and I, albeit an inter-squad game or, or an exhibition game against the Royals. But he's freaking flat-out dealt. He's throwing 94 at the knees, the nasty slider. Well, we saw on Friday a guy that uh, was a little bit loopy, and he was throwing more across his body. He just didn't look like himself. But the thing that I, I wonder about with Kim is, 
how is he going to be able to bounce back from start to start? Because the question to me is, was were those struggles a product of him bouncing back and pitching at a competitive game so quickly after the uh, the game against the Royals, or, or was it just an outlier? He just had a rocky game. We won't find out until we see him again. But that's what I'm interested with him because being a member of the bullpen, you got to be ready day in and day out. And maybe with KK, with his background being as a starter, maybe you'll try to build in a little bit more rest for him. But he's a dangerous arm when he is ready to rock and roll. So you want to be able to use him as much as possible. I want to go to the starters. Jack Flaherty, that was just uh, typical Jack Flaherty on Friday night. That's what he does. I mean, Jack was just in command early on. He was showing off all of his pitches. And even when he got into some trouble, he bared down and made some big pitches late. So it's so nice to be able to see him get uh, get seven innings in in a first outing. And I've actually kind of been impressed around baseball, seeing some of the longer outings from some of the starting pitchers. And we've talked about the fact that we believe that pitchers would be ahead early on, and maybe that's something that ends up shifting. But Jack picks up exactly where he left off. I know that he talked about it after the game in some of the uh, spots. You know, you get a big strikeout and you don't hear the real crowd. You hear the pumped-in crowd noise, and he talked about the fact that that's a little bit weird. But you can see it in his eyes when he's out there on the mound, Dan. He doesn't care if there's 50,000 people there or there's nobody there. He cares about the guy that he's competing against, and he cares about that one pitch. And that is the focus that's going to make him great in a really weird season. Adam Wainwright ties Bob Forsh, and you can say what you want about wins, but he's third all-time in wins in Cardinal history. He was hot, literally. He got maybe a little overheated, for lack of a better term, in inning number two, but uh, winds up going back out there, stays in the game. He's varying up his pitches. Uh, The speed range was like 71-72 to 92. Kept guys off balance. It was typical Adam Wainwright. It really was, and I was really impressed because things could have gone off the rails early, as you mentioned, in the second inning. He was laboring quite a bit, and he was in a lot of trouble. Austin Gomber was up in the bullpen already, and I did think it was kind of funny, and this is a 2020 thing, something you normally wouldn't hear. Uh, He was asked about it after the game. He said, hey, did you see Gomber warming up in the pen? He said, no, but I could hear it. that's, (laughs) uh, That's something that... 2020, you're going to get with nobody in the stand. You hear what's going on behind you. But I loved how he was able to get right back into things. There were a couple of really good at-bats. One specifically comes to mind with Josh Bell up in a big spot. And to your point of just mixing up speeds, varying, we never saw like back-to-back from Adam. So he set up Bell so well. He threw him a 72-mile-an-hour curveball down. And then he got him with a 91-mile-an-hour front-door sinker. So he just does such a good job of keeping guys off balance. This weekend, I mean, Saturday was fun. Anyhow, when you get a chance to see Yachty and you get a chance to see Wayno, just hearing those two names, the fact that they're still playing in 2020 is something. But then you watch these guys over the weekend, Wayno on Saturday, Yachty all weekend. It's like, dang, man, there's just more in the tank for each one of these guys. How about uh, Dakota? What did you see from him? Look, I, I thought Dakota was a little bit flat. I don't think that he had the same exact sink that he generally has. Uh, and he, he was he was going fine early on, but then a couple of pitches got up. And that's the thing with Dakota. If you see him up or if the ball runs arm side, 
he can find himself in some trouble, and it can happen quickly. Colin Moran hit the slider that was up and missed the spot, and then he gave up uh, the, the bomb, uh, the two-run home run as well, and everything's just changed so fast uh, for him. It took Dakota Hudson a little while last year to kind of feel right. I do think that mechanically he's in a far better spot this year than he was last year. But Dakota's going to be fine. It's a, it's about getting the reps in. It's just about focusing down in the zone and getting that movement. But Dakota's, uh, you know, struggles, if you want to call them struggles yesterday, I don't think that was the story as much as the offense just couldn't get anything going. Dakota's going to be just fine. He's part of the future of this, this rotation. He's got a chance to be there for a long time, and I still do believe. And by the way, the fact that he, he uh, didn't walk, guys, that was a nice change from last year. I think Dakota is going to be one of those guys that we're going to look at, Dan, in a couple of years and just say, man, every time out there he's going eight innings and he's throwing 90 pitches. Like, that's the kind of stuff he has to make. My guest is Brad Thompson, and we'll do this every Monday, talking about the Cardinals weekend and the baseball season as a whole. Uh, very impressive debut, major league debut, albeit with nobody in the stands and mom and dad watching from a television, but Cody Whitley impressive. And that's all he's done in spring training, summer camp. And again, yesterday, we talked about it on the broadcast, but when, uh, when I went down to spring training this year, I'm talking to people around the organization. I said, Hey, give me some guys that I need to keep an eye on. Uh, and not don't give me Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman. I know those guys. Give me somebody else. And Cody Whitley's name, continued to pop up so uh, i'm following around the backfield looking for whitley and man he didn't disappoint he pounds the strike zone he's got 95 he looks unorthodox kind of the way that he sinks into his delivery the big overhand uh but the fact that he went through three different levels last year is kind of unheard of starting in palm beach and ending up in triple a and then the following year ending up in the big leagues I love stories like that. I love the fact that a 27th round player is in the big leagues a few years later and certainly some circumstances around why he was in the 27th round, had some injuries, teams were a little bit scared of him, would have been a a higher pick if that part of it hadn't happened. But I love that. And by the way, that's like a reason like that is why I hate last year's draft that it was limited to five rounds. I understand some of the logistics that goes around it, but so many opportunities for guys are wasted, but I was pumped up to watch Whitley uh, get his debut. He goes scoreless in it. He gets his first strikeout, a 95 mile an hour fastball upstairs that's going to be sitting on his mantle for the rest of his life. It's a day he'll never forget. I'm excited about Carlos Martinez tomorrow. After what I saw Wednesday against the Royals, the pace at which he pitched and the way the ball was moving, he took a little off his fastball so he wasn't throwing as hard it's there if he wants it but he was going with movement and the pace loved what i saw so i'm excited about tomorrow night me too i'm excited that carlos got himself into a position this spring where he was ready to take a hold of that job and run with it and he did so and i'm excited that he did the same thing during this pandemic and kept himself ready to keep that job Carlos, to me, has the opportunity to be one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball anytime he steps on the mound. The movement, the velocity, the slider. He's got the changeup that can really, uh, you know, take away some of the power from the left handers. His changeup is filthy. I know that we always talk about his sinker and his slider. And it is going to be a tall task. And you look at what the Twins have done already, they've hit seven home runs. 
Nelson Cruz is a freaking beast. That is an ageless wonder. We yeah. talked about him on the broadcast also, 40 years old. Uh, Nelson Cruz is uh, drove in seven the other day. But it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be one that, I mean, this is power on power. This is Carlos going right at these guys. I do think that you're going to see him be aggressive. I think you're going to get uh, a lot of these guys that are trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Carlos has so much movement that he's going to get him out in front a little bit. I believe he'll get a lot of ground balls. And it's going to be a fun matchup. I'll wrap it up with this. The one thing I took away from the Cardinal lineup is athleticism. You know, defensively, they're going to be very good. That's clear. We saw Edmund with a couple of fine plays. But the other thing I saw is that the bottom of the lineup's got speed, top of the lineup's got speed. They generated a run yesterday, even though it was a loss. But they've got some speed. They've got athleticism. We'll see how Mike Schilt wants to use that. Yeah, very rarely, and I can't think of another instance where I remember a Cardinal lineup, and then I saw seven, eight, nine in the lineup, all your outfielders, generally reserved at least a couple of those, your corner outfielders for power spots. And maybe they'll turn into those for the Cardinals. But the way that they're utilizing it right now, I think works. I think it works really well. You got some sneaky pop down there. Well, O'Neill's not sneaky, uh, but maybe Lane Thomas is for some. Dexter Fowler certainly is for people that don't uh, look at him as a, a power profile guy. But they get on base. Dexter, working counts. We saw Harrison Bader uh, get hit by a couple of pitches, get on base, work some things. That speed is going to help them a ton. The aggressive nature of the Cardinals, that's going to be there anyhow. They showed it last year. They're going to get on this year. They're going to hit and run. They're going to steal some bases. But the hope is all of this speed, you get them on base, and, and then you have Paul Goldschmidt come up, and then you've got uh, Paul DeYoung, and then Carpenter, all these guys driving them in. The Cardinals should be moving a lot on the base pass this year, and I do like the flexibility. It'll be interesting to see how the lineup kind of bounces around. Do we see our top four stay the way that it is currently? Do they mix and match there in the two spot? Personally, I kind of like Tommy Edmond there. I like the versatility of the switch hitter, but they got a lot of moving pieces right now. Brad, you did a great job this weekend. Mean it sincerely. It was awesome to be with you, and thanks for doing this every Monday. Oh, man, this is fun. Baseball is fun. We'll keep our fingers crossed with everything that's going on, but I can't wait to be with you again. I think I'll be with you next weekend. So, hey, let's get there. Looking forward to it. Brad Thompson, every Monday. Hope you enjoyed my visit with Brad Thompson. Now it's a chance to visit with John Smoltz. Really interesting conversation that Randy and Michelle had with John Smoltz, the lead analyst of baseball on Fox Sports and the Hall of Fame pitcher. The news is is that we've had at least 14 members of the Marlins that have tested positive. They were going to fly back home from Philly to uh, Florida today, and uh, we're reading on Twitter, John, that this season might be in jeopardy. Uh, what, what is your reaction to that? Well, I mean, obviously getting that news is not, not the greatest news in the world, uh, and I think the protocols that are in place in Major League Baseball I'm sure when they were trying to figure this out, had to have all kinds of scenarios play out that gave them the luxury of either, you know, moving a team from a hot spot or addressing it individually. And I think, you know, although this is not what you want to hear, I'm still confident that, you know, everyone's going to try to do their best to adjust. And, and the great news, at least up until this point has always been that, anyone who's been getting tested positive has been getting over it really quick as far as major league baseball players. And I, I still am confident that we're going to be able to, to, to adjust from this um, and, and make some tweaks if, if need be. I, I, 
other than that, you know, nobody really has the answer. This just coming out. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful that we can continue uh, the season and that the Marlins will, will be able to adjust whatever they need to adjust accordingly. John, I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are probably holding their breath as the Marlins played the Phillies over the weekend. Do you think a lot of what happens moving forward is hinging on if we see anyone with the Phillies test positive? Because trying to maintain it within one organization and one team is one thing. If you now have two organizations that are dealing with this, it could present uh, another group of problems. Yeah, I think that would be a, a fair assessment. But at the same time, uh, you know, when you're really with your team, you're with your team. Uh, it's rare. I don't think it'd be rare um, that you would be with other guys on other teams unless you just met somewhere. I, and I think, again, I, I'm I'm so impressed, you know, with everything that's gone on up until this point to get it to this point, right? There's been a lot of speculation about how this was going to move forward and I don't think anyone felt it would be 100% clean, that there would be no issues. But up until this point, I think everyone, you know, like anything else, when you have certain rules and protocols, you're trying your best to make sure that you adhere to them. And, you know, this might be another scenario where um, protocols have to be tightened up. But I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how it how it's handled moving forward. And all I can say is I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful that that you know, we're able to continue um, and we'll see what Major League Baseball is going to do as this news just comes down. The Hall of Famer John Smoltz with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. John, you have had to play some 60-game stretches where your Braves teams really did have to sprint. How should teams handle this 60-game season? Well, I think without a, a, man, a manuscript, I mean, every manager I've talked to is trying to figure it out on the fly from a standpoint of, I call it banking wins. You know, a, a win is worth more than a win in this in this little scenario. So, you try to avoid a little bad stretch. You you, you try to play each game a little bit differently than you would a regular season game. Um, you're going to have to rely on on your roster. I mean, and, and in this case, if you have any injuries or if you have anybody test positive, you know, there's going to there's a reason why they're allowing you to have as many people to access. You know, because of this un, unprecedented season. I think if it gets a chance to get going and in the in the in the middle of this season, you're going to see some incredible um, baseball played from um, I don't know. I mean, teams you wouldn't normally think would have a chance now have a chance, and and they're going to play their you know. I think teams that have a little different philosophical approach this year would have a better chance. The great rosters are going to have. Um, you know, the great rosters are going to speak for themselves. The teams that were going to be great over 162 are still going to be great. Um, but the teams that didn't think they had a chance now or didn't have enough pitching now have a chance. Um, that's what I love about it. The competitive balance w- would, would as this plays out, you'll see more teams in the mix. John, one of the main storylines coming out of the first weekend of games was how players and viewers alike were reacting to no fans in the stands. And I kept thinking about pitchers because all eyes are on you when you're out there on the mound. And that has to be an intimidating thing or something that you thrive off of. So I was wondering how how pitchers might feel not having the crowd actually there, but you still have the fan noise. And I know every player is different, but from your, uh, from your perspective, do you think that that would help or hinder a starting pitcher not having fans in the stands? 
I really think it's personality driven. I really think some people are going to thrive in it and some are not. They're going to have to find a way to adhere to what they've always been used to. You know, not everybody else, not everybody has the same concentration level and not everybody can deal with um, sudden change or change that, you know, you just haven't been used to. I know early on in my career, I would have struggled. I, I would have been thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about when you're on the mound because there's too much unknown. And, and like you said, there's just this empty space and, I think all the clubs having had a chance to go through that second spring training in their own ballparks really helped everybody get used to as best they can. I think closers could have a big disadvantage coming out of the game with the adrenaline rush of everything being on the line. But I think what you have to do is create your own little uh, world. I mean, you got to challenge yourself mentally, focus in a way that, you know, you don't drift. My biggest, um, uh, I guess apprehension for the year on, under these circumstances would be guys drifting and and in not not losing uh, the attention of the season. But if things go awry, if if the season doesn't get off to a good start, you're, you're, it's just human nature where you go, you know, this is just a throwaway year. The teams that stay locked in, the teams that have communication together, that do the things together. I literally will think we'll have the biggest advantage over the teams that just kind of go about it as it's, you know, no big deal. And we'll just, we'll just deal with it. I think you have to have an approach to this that is so unique and different. If you don't, you're, you're, you're behind eight ball a little bit, in my opinion. The great John Smoltz with us on 101 ESPN. You've already called the Tigers Reds on MLB Network, Yankees Nationals on Fox, Angels A's. And today you've got Angels A's all from Secaucus. How has that been? You know, it's been pretty good. I, it, it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, the one thing is the prep work is, is very interesting because all these games are different. And, um, you know, when you're trying to go from zero to a hundred, that's been, that's been a little bit of a challenge, but I've been so pleasantly surprised by how, uh, from a production, what, you know, again, everyone has to make adjustments broadcasters too. I mean, this is something that you're not used to when you're at the park, you get the feel, you get to talk to players. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, video conference calls going on, which helps, but, um, as, as, as these next 11 days play out, uh, it, it is, is very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up that baseball is being played, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to continue to get through whatever we need to get through and everyone is safe and, and there's no issues moving forward. And like I said earlier, I mean, fortunately, you know, even the people that have tested positive before seem to be getting over it very quick, maybe asymptomatic. Um, but I'm, I'm – I'm so happy that baseball's back, and I, I really think people are going to love this season as it plays out, and hopefully it does play out just the way I, I imagined it. Hey, John, one last thing from me, and I think you'll love hearing this. Carlos Martinez used to try to muscle up through a 98-99, and he would go 3-2, 3-1 all the time. He's cut back now. It's 95-96, but he's enhanced his command, which is something that you've talked about for years. And even though he's not throwing 98-99, he's throwing 95-96, his command is so much better. And I know you've advocated that for pitchers for such a long time. From your perspective, what can that do for a guy like Carlos Martinez? Oh, it's going to do so much. Um, you know, when you ask somebody who's never had to do that, do it, it is a very – it's not that easy, right? I mean, it's like me telling somebody, uh, just take five miles an hour off your curveball and watch it break more. When you're used to doing something muscle memory, it takes time to be able to unchange that. But I'm telling you, 
There is so much, you know, it's a longer career for him. It's a healthier career, in my opinion, but it's a trust factor. And the, the problem with it, because young players don't always have the resources to be able to go through and learn in a year, we have instant access and instant pressure on them. So the moment something goes awry, your tendency is to revert back to what you know. And hopefully he can stay in that lane because I'm telling you, we watch pitchers all the time, and I watch games all the time, and I see guys with tremendous stuff. But my 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 wish is that they get to play with that tremendous stuff as long as possible and harness you know harness it, but to, that they can become their own pitching coach. I really, really believe that if 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 pitchers understood that they need to learn how to become their own pitching coach as fast as they can, their careers would flourish. You know, there's so much information, there's so much great help, there's so much one-on-one teaching, but they have an opportunity if they're if they're willing to learn themselves, and it would just be so advantageous for them in their careers. Last thing, John, on Friday we saw Yadier Molina take his position behind the plate for his 16th season in a Cardinals uniform, and it seems like everything in 2020 is different, and Yadier and his performance stays the same, but he comes into this year in the best shape of his life. He looks like he hasn't missed a beat, and I would just love an evaluation of Yadier Molina as a catcher from your perspective. Well, you got to understand what his mindset is, and it's unlike anybody I've ever been around. And that's the first battle that you have to have as a player. You know, you got to want to play every game, even though if it's not realistically possible. You got to take care of yourself, and you got to be a student of the game, which he has every uh, box covered and checked. And he just has a lot of pride in, in what he does. And I, I just never been around a player at that position that has gone through what he has um, and maintained what he has and has gotten better. And that to me, you know, he's headed for the hall of fame, no doubt. And um, I just don't know if we're ever going to see another guy like him and, you know, other players aspire to be certain players that they admire. And I think if you're a young catcher, he's the guy you, you, you're trying to attain. And that's such a high level, but um, I can't, you know, when you see people from afar until you're actually playing with them, that's the most amazing thing. I played one, my whole career basically for one team and I would see people from afar and think one thing, but then when you actually get to throw to somebody, all the words you hear and the scouting reports, and it all makes sense. And getting to throw to him was unbelievable. And that's not to knock anybody else that I've ever thrown to. I'm just talking about from afar. You hear people say, wow, what a, what a receiver. He's this, he's that. And when you see it, you go, now I know why everyone's saying that. And that truly was a fun time for me to end my career you know, in the, in the fashion that I did. That's John Smoltz. We'll switch gears, talk it over with the Cardinals owner, Bill DeWitt, from opening day on Friday. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Redbird Report as we continue on 101 ESPN. Well, we had on opening day, live from the Budweiser Brewhouse, the Cardinals chairman and owner, Bill DeWitt. And we talked about the uniqueness of the season having an opening day with no fans, not the usual fanfare, but as usual, Mr. DeWitt, very gracious in joining us and getting ready for what we hope will be a major league season. Well, it is quite different, no question about it. And I have to give MLB and and the Players Association credit for working on an agreement to uh, have the health protocols and um, all the things necessary to to play games, um, even without fans. And, you know, it's going to be a little different, but I think uh, it'll be interesting and fun and exciting. And, uh, you know, 60-game 
season as a is more of a sprint to the end. Um, so I think uh, it'll create a lot of interest. But let's face it, we've been looking forward to opening day for a long time uh, since spring training, and here we are. So um, I'm very excited. Mr. DeWitt, this is uh, Dan McLaughlin. It's great to hear your voice. Um, I, I want to... Again, this is not to embarrass you, but I, I want to commend you with uh, you and your family and the ownership group and the Cardinals as a whole um, for your compassion and your concern during the pandemic of how you have treated and you continue to treat your employees, um, not only paying them, but uh, checking in on them, the emails, checking in on people with phone calls. Um, you, you just you handle people right, and and people need to know that publicly. So thank you for what you've done. And um, again, not trying to embarrass you, but um, people need to know that. So thank you for what you did. Well, well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate your saying that. You know, we have, I think, a non-player employees of around four hundred, and you know, sometimes there, you know, many cases behind the scenes the fans see the players and the manager and the coaches and some front office people, but there's a big staff behind that that makes everything tick. And, um, you know, we feel like we've got a great group of people working for us and we feel a responsibility to make sure that, uh, you know, they're, they're safe and, and that they're, you know, compensated during these times when, when things are pretty tough. So, um, you know, we're, we're very happy to have the group we have and, you know, they've, they've shown a lot of loyalty to us over the years and, and do great work. Well, you did things right. I can tell you that. Um, we, we have now the expansion of playoffs to 16 teams. I was always hoping that you might do this. You've agreed to go to, to 16 teams. What do you think about that, going from 10 to 16 and the excitement that this might bring the, the fans of baseball? Well, it certainly keeps a lot more teams in the hunt, and – you know, the top two teams in each division uh, will, will get into the playoffs. The, the division winner will have an advantage. There'll be short series. So I, I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of teams will be competing for those positions. The, few, the fewer postseason teams you have, you know, the it, it's sometimes you get to a point where it's pretty obvious who's going to win a division, et, et cetera. But uh, now um, – you know, as I said earlier, this is a sprint to the finish, and there isn't any team that's really out of it, uh, you know, particularly in our division, which is a pretty tough division. So, um, you know, we just hope that uh, we finish first and like we did last year and get deep into the playoffs. But it'll be a fun season, and, and I think the expanded playoffs will be really interesting. Yeah, I think so too, Bill. And seeing the response to something like this with more teams in the playoff hunt, which makes the season that much more enjoyable, do you think this could be something that could be kind of a regular occurrence in Major League Baseball in the future? I think it could be. I, I think this was a great opportunity to, to try it out this year. And um, I, it has a lot of support, I know, from uh, ownership, senior management, and We'll see how it works out, um, but I think it's got a chance to, you know, be the standard as we go forward, um, and we'll, we'll see how how it works out this year. And uh, of course, it's something that has to be negotiated again with the union. But um, you know, I'm sure they'd be for it because it gives more players an opportunity to get into the playoffs. 
Mr. DeWitt, what are you looking forward to with this season, with all the oddities of of the year and the, the various new rules of the season, no fans in the stands, we all know about that. But what are, you, what are you looking forward to with the season? Well, I'm very excited about our club. I think we've got a, a really good club that's well-balanced. Uh, you know, the traditional things you need to win, starting pitching, uh, good relief core, uh, sound defense, good base running, um, I think offensively we have a chance to be better than we were last year. Some of the younger guys in the outfield have matured another year. And, um, you know, so we've got veterans who we count on. And uh, so I, I'm very excited. I think this club's uh, got a chance to do great things. And, uh, you know, everything has to fall in place. And you don't really have the luxury of going into a two- or three-week slump because – you know, you don't have many games to catch back up. So I know one thing, this team will be is well prepared under Mike Shelton and his staff. They've done a terrific job. So um, hopefully we'll get off to a good start and go from there. Bill, throughout every regular season, you know, we see you at the ballpark. We see you in the stands watching games, night games, day games. I'm curious, with a 60-game season, what does that change anything or how does it change things for you while you're watching the games? Uh, well, it'll be interesting because there will be so few people there. Really, uh, front office staff, a, a few of the front office baseball personnel will, will be on hand, uh, actually in the stands. I'll be there, of course, uh, my son. Um, and it'll just be different. You know, uh, we'll all be masked. and uh, uh, But when that first pitch is thrown, it's baseball again, and um you know, we don't have the uh, environment that we usually have, which is great support from our fans. We've drawn over 3.2 million for a number of years, and um, you know, we just won't have that this year. Hopefully, as time goes on this season, we'll be able to get some fans in the ballpark. But um, I know our our staff's done a nice job, and you know, doing some simulated sounding and things like that, which all teams have. So you know, once we get to play ball it's uh we're watching a baseball game that counts and that's what matters what's it been like for you mr dewitt to to watch those games i mean do you find yourself you know eventually you say well yeah it's a little different but you know what it's baseball so i'm watching a baseball game do you find yourself just saying well it's a new norm and it's okay i'm i'm watching my guys and i'm I'm watching baseball yeah i think that's right um i watched some of the game last night uh prior to the rain delay and it, it's baseball, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, uh, it is what it is. It doesn't have the, the sounds and the, the home crowd, uh, cheering you on, but, uh, I do think we have an advantage at Bush stadium. It's our home field and, uh, we know the ins and outs of it and players are comfortable there. So I think you'll still see the home teams doing well. Um, and, uh, they'll miss the fans, uh, which gives home teams great support, uh, particularly in St. Louis. But, you know, I'm just pleased that baseball is going to be back and playing games that count. And um, hopefully we'll get uh, uh, the full season and have no setbacks. And, um, you know, so far so good. And, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. 
I would imagine, Bill, that uh, watching that game last night and hearing the crack of the bat or the balls being uh, thrown back and forth from the pitcher and the catcher probably took you back to your younger days, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, a fun time, I'll tell you. What do you think about uh, Mr. DeWitt, the, the designated hitter in the, the National League? Were you for that or were you against it? Well, I think in this context, um, it's a good thing. You know, we play the American League uh, a number of times. And, um, you know, I think ultimately it's going to happen in the National League, whether it's in this new agreement or one after that. Um, So, you know, from our club standpoint, I think it's an advantage. We've got uh, players that can fill that role. And... um, I think it'll add to the offense in the National League, certainly. Um, And, you know, I think it'll be great for our fans to see it this year. I know mostly on television, but, um, you know, to get used to it. I think the St. Louis fans are traditionalists like I am and, uh, you know, probably resisted it for uh, since it's been instituted in the American League. But, um, you know, there needs to be change and growth in the game and, um, you know, that's something that uh, we'll see what happens down the road. But I'm kind of looking forward to it this year, as I am to, you know, the other rule changes where a reliever can come in and, and he has to pitch to three batters um, and, you know, extra inning games being uh, played in a little different fashion, which they've done in the minor leagues. All sports, I mean, you seem to have done things like that um, you know, having a conclusion of the game other than just playing forever. So, um, you know, I think that's also will be interesting. And this is a chance this year to try these things out and see how they work. Mr. DeWitt, uh, we saw Mookie Betts sign a, a really big deal yesterday with the Dodgers. Um, from your perspective, is that a sign that you know, the, the health of, of baseball economically, is, is that a good sign in your opinion? Is that a good sign for baseball? You know, each team has their own situation, and I think the Dodgers felt that uh, they must have, uh, that he was a franchise sure. player, and so they wanted to lock him up for a long period of time, and they didn't want him to go to free agency. Um, but, as you know, it's a tough season financially for all clubs, and you know, we'll all get through it. Everybody's, you know, in, in good shape getting through it. Um, and hopefully next year I'll be back to normal with uh, uh, COVID under control and, uh, you know, fans in the stands and get back to business uh, as usual. Um, so, you know, I never like to comment on what another team does one way or the other, but uh, you know, the Dodgers run a, a great organization. They've got good young players, and, you know, they just made that decision to tie up one of them for a long period of time. Understood. Mr. DeWitt, uh, my final question before we let you go, and we appreciate you taking some time out and joining us this afternoon. Uh, we talk an awful lot about, and the national media talks an awful lot about the strength of this Cardinals team uh, in this shortened season being their pitching. I- I'm curious from your perspective, because you know this team better than anybody, where do you feel like the area of strength is? I agree with that. I think we've got excellent starting pitching. I think we've got a lot of talent in the bullpen. Uh, certainly been impressed by KK. Uh, he had a nice, 
nice ninth inning the other day, and um, you know he was really good this spring. Uh, plus, those who are coming back, Cody Whitley, uh, has certainly shown that he belongs. And uh, you know, then the other ones who have been with us uh, have done a nice job too. So, um, you know, I, I do think pitching is a strength. Uh, I will say, you know, defense had been not as good until last year, but last year we were pretty elite. And I think our defensive infield's as good as anybody's. Um, good outfield defense as well. Think about Harrison Bader in center and, you know, the corner guys. So, and our catchers, <laughs> he's not bad on defense either. So, <laughs> no, he's not. You know, I, I, you know, pitching and defense win a lot of games, but you also have to score runs. And I think we'll do much better offensively this year than we have uh, or than we did last year. That was Mr. DeWitt on opening day last Friday as we got set to take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. That does it for the Redbird Report. For our many guests that we have every Monday as we talk Cardinals baseball and everything baseball in the major leagues on 101, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Thanks for joining us on 101 ESPN.